Hello, and welcome to episode two of Rhythm and Wit, a new podcast and video series that will discuss and explore the creative and artistic expressions of artists and performers in Oklahoma City and its neighboring cities, also known as the Greater Metro Area. My name is David Steele. I am a bass player, a music producer, a graphic designer, a photographer, and a film hobbyist. My co-host is Nicholas Campbell. Nick is a stand-up comedian, a singer, a songwriter, a guitar player, an electrical contractor, a husband, a father, and my best friend for over 20 years. In today's episode, we discuss comedy. We talk about some of our favorite comedians as well as some of our favorite funny movies. We also discuss how to get started in comedy, as well as some tips on writing jokes and dealing with failure on stage, also known as bombing. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and podcast feeds to keep up with new episodes that drop every Friday. We hope you enjoy today's discussion as we greatly appreciate your time and attention. Can I give it a shot? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Rhythm and Wit with Dave and Nick. I'm Nick Campbell. And I'm David Steele. How's it going? Uh, today we're going to talk about comedy, our experiences, uh, and what we like. I want to start off with a few fun things. <laughs> okay? Uh, top five favorite comics. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I've got a list. One of my favorites I grew up on that my mom liked and she had like uh, VHS cassettes of was uh, Louis Anderson. You remember Louis mm -hmm. Anderson? Yeah, I was like him. Yeah, Life with Louis. He had that uh, cartoon. He was also in Baskets, which was like really mm -hmm. good. With Zach Galifianakis. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked watching that. And then the, with the noise he would make. Uh, it's like a lovable, lovable, completely huggable. It's with you know, whenever he would play the kid, yeah. he would always sound like that. <laughs> he always played really good characters, and I like that. He talked about family, and he was pretty clean. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. Uh, Tommy Jonigan, he's like a road comic that I, I feel like nobody's ever heard mm -hmm. of, you know? But he's like one of my favorites. Uh, every line is a laugh, and he, he does a really good job of... Uh, bringing his personality into his work, which is good. Um, Chad Daniels, that's another good one. Uh, Chad Daniels, and then Sinbad. Yeah. Sinbad's yeah, like my favorite. There was like a tape or something that we had back in the day. That was, I think, probably one of the earliest, one of my, my earliest memories of kind of watching comedy specials is Eddie Murphy Raw. I mean, that was oh, probably wow, one yeah. of the, I think the early ones for me, I mean, Dane Cook, back in the day was like I don't know what it was about him it was just, he was just so animated and so like and just so funny and we quoted all of his stuff for years growing yeah. up <laughs> I mean like yeah. him, I mean in him and like the early Kevin Hart special like I mean I think that the first time I'd ever heard of Kevin Hart was on Comedy Central Presents before anybody knew who he was Yeah, and, it, and like that was the one of the ones that we would joke and we would repeat each other you me and john would just walk around you know walk to the store i just remember have this one memory of us walking to the store and we were just telling each other kevin hart jokes when like nobody else even knew who kevin hart was at the time yeah. <laughs> and it's just now he's massive well that, uh, comedy central presents was a huge yeah. that was that's how you got your comedy i think that that's yeah. really kind of helped grow comedy so much and like the you know late 90s and into the early 2000s for sure when we were watching it but I remember, yeah, I mean, for me, especially from those days, I made a list of a bunch of comics that I, I that really resonated with me in those days was, and I'll just list them off. Dane Cook, Pablo Francisco, oh, yeah. Kevin Hart, George Lopez, Dave Chappelle, Dave Attell, yeah. Louis Black, Mitch Hedberg, Dimitri Martin, Jeremy Hotz, we, who we saw, and... Colorado, um, Nick Swartzen, but honestly, I think probably, and this is probably my favorite comic of all time, it's got to be Chris Rock. 
Oh, really? I think, yeah. Like, I think that he's probably... And he's not only as a comedian, stand-up, I, I really enjoy all of his stuff. It's like his influences come from Eddie Murphy and going back to Richard Pryor. I mean, it's like an evolution of <laughs> that style of... I mean, like I said, Eddie Murphy's probably, you know, up there as well. So it's that kind of style. And I think it's just... And Dave Chappelle, I think, is one of my favorites from back in the day. I just... Everything he did for a while, I was just glued to, you yeah. know, was like especially the show and all that. I mean, today, I mean, there's a ton of great people out there, and there's so many, so much more, I think, than there was, especially the accessibility of it all. Well, yeah, I feel like it's almost oversaturated. Yeah. But I, I love comedy so mm -hmm. much that I'm like, it's, it's like waiting in the water you love. So it's yeah. just like, yeah, dude. I, I now, as far as feeling like you're gonna eke out a position in it, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't really care as far I'm still gonna do this, this craft but if I it looks tough yeah. to be seen mm -hmm. right now as a comic because yeah. there's so many options I mean which is great dry bar comedy which is you know a show dedicated to clean comedy hmm. which I think is really good and that's something I wanted to bring up the thing about Whitesboro Texas yeah. I, went, I had a show at Whitesboro last yeah. night and um, they wanted clean comedy kind of <laughs> you know, until they realized they didn't. Yeah. You know, and it's and, like that. Well, that's maybe not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I went up there. And I do clean set. That's just who yeah. I am. You know, I have a few kind of things that can get dirty, but I, I most of my stuff is clean. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I did my clean set, and as a host, you should do mostly mm -hmm. clean. You know, and and just kind of bring your job really isn't to be funny. It's to bring the crowd around for mm -hmm. the people who are funny. <clears throat> the yeah. host just kind of introduces yeah. everybody, keeps the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. So I try to focus on that. But luckily, I was able to do my work, and and the jokes hit. They hit really well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> old people love me. Um, but and then you know, but the next comics, they were pretty like, I mean not risque really but there was you know the first comic she was teresa crump very funny she talked about uh, the bed mm -hmm. you know and you can Which, look yeah universal we've all done it yeah <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> figurative figuratively and literally uh, <laughs> but that's a uh, but she did that and you know and you can see people like you can see the people who are affected by it like i like watching mm -hmm. the crowd yeah when somebody else is going on to see how they're reacting um but she went on and she got a lot of good laughs. You know, a few people were kind of wincing, but I mean, not a big deal. And then Jeremy Link went up, the, the producer for the show. He did a great job. Um, but he had, he had a little bit of risque stuff. Um, not really, but it was just kind of like, it was, yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> but then Brandon Kilo, same thing. He That guy, he works here. He's, he mm -hmm. does produces shows here. So he did a set where it was just his stuff, which is, you know, he's not clean. Yeah. But he made it clean. He did a great yeah. job, on as far as much clean as it. So la less profanity and all that. Yeah, but. that's that's something I thought. I, was, yeah. I just thought of was like, you know, they know what this show is. So, I mean, any comic that you're going into, you need to be able to adjust, right? It's like there's got to be a level of flexibility where you are interacting with the audience, and if you see a crowd that you're thinking oh these guys probably aren't gonna laugh at this thing or you know i shouldn't say this one but i think that there's probably something going on up there where it's like oh, i want to throw this one in just to see <laughs> like how far can i push it yeah lenny van horn was the headliner yeah and uh he killed it man yeah. and he had a lot of his stuff was a little it was risque mm -hmm. and so what i noticed is and what he mentioned he's like comics will just try to see mm -hmm. you know even if it is a clean show yeah. you throw out something that's a exactly. little and then if it if they bite yeah then you can kind of maybe push a little further <laughs> then the next comic goes up and, yeah and then the next and so eventually the, it kind of gets to that point where it's like okay well there are they're accepting of it and we're giving it to them and they're laughing but then you could see by the time lenny went up there was this old lady i kept keeping an eye on and she would just she would laugh at the clean stuff, and as soon as it got nasty, she would uh, like, look mad, you know? Yeah. They, they ended up walking, like, two, yeah. two couples or something like that, or a group of... Because somebody had brought their kid because she thought it was mm -hmm. 13 and under or something. Mm -hmm. So anyways, they were highly disappointed. But out of 140 people, <laughs> four people that's, being upset, it's not too bad. That's a good crowd, though. Yeah. That's oh, cool. yeah, it's a great crowd, man. We did a great job. And it was fun, man. That's, that's the interesting thing uh, for comedy versus music. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this on the last episode or previous episodes. But, 
you know, it's like music, you just perform what you what you practice. I mean, there's no really changing it. I mean, you can do something slightly different, but there's no real interaction as much as comedy where it's like you can literally talk to people in the crowd and like interact with them directly if you want to or, you know, but you definitely read the crowd and and bounce back and forth and kind of uh and uh adjust your set and adjust your performance based on what their reaction is whereas music it's it's more of a feeling like you kind of if people are into it if they're really enthusiastic then you're going to be more enthusiastic as a performer so there is a a give and take there too or a kind of a, a symbiotic relationship but with comedy it's much much more prevalent i think that's interesting Man, that's been the hardest part is trying to read a crowd. I think mm -hmm. that's mostly what comedy is. You can do Probably. the jokes, living in the jokes, mm -hmm. doing it like a scene, um, feeling the emotions and leading with your attitude. But if the people aren't reacting, mm -hmm. I mean, the more they react, the better you can work with them. Mm -hmm. I feel like in music, if it got too tough, like if the crowd wasn't in it, you could just turn yourself off and yeah, play with your guys. You can just yeah. yeah have you could still get into it without even if there is no audience. You could still have a great time by yeah. yourself. <laughs> we did. Remember yeah. when we played the castle? <laughs> well, I played many shows where there's maybe one or two people that I mean they're probably my significant other or or uh, my best friends or whoever that are there that have already seen me play. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like well you know and, and I think that that's something that I think a lot about. Um, um, with comedy, I mean, just because I'm just a, I've never tried stand up. I mean, maybe one day I will. We'll see. But um, I think I'll, I think a lot about it. I love I love the craft of it. I like you know trying to understand it and and talking to you about it and talking to other people about it. But something I think a lot about in terms of music and especially comedy, but with um the only way to really rehearse i mean with music you come into a, a space your rehearsal space you practice the songs you kind of get them down tight and then you go out and you can perform them and hopefully as tight as you did when you rehearsed but with comedy you can't really do that there is no rehearsal i mean you can stand in front of a mirror or you can stand in front of your your significant other or whoever your friend and and say let me tell you these these jokes to you and see if they if they're funny i mean there's not that's much much different than when you're on stage i mean you kind of have to be on stage in front of people to even practice comedy i feel like yeah. so um is that something that you do as far i mean you think a lot about because i know that one thing i was i wanted to bring up was kind of getting started in comedy I mean, maybe this is something that I, I'm curious about because, I mean, not that I want to be a stand-up comedian, but, I mean, I might, try, like I said, I'm interested to, to maybe try it one of these days. So um, what is a good way to get started? I mean, I know that when it comes to my mind, if I wanted to get started, I would just go out on a Monday night to um, We're All Friends um, open mic with Caleb Collins, a good friend of ours. Great open mic every Monday. Starts at 7. Uh, get there earlier than that if you want to perform because uh, it, it fills, fills up. up. Yeah, it fills <laughs> and up fast. So, yeah I, yeah, I would say maybe get there 6 uh, at 6.30 at, at least if you want to perform. But it's a great mic. Go check it out Monday nights um, every Monday at Fairweather Friends. Um, but that's a good way to get started right just show up at an open mic and and try it out because there's every week there's always somebody there that's never done it before they're like oh i want to try this so that's a good way but um uh, what other ways that would you think or any tips that maybe you have for people that want to get started in comedy oh sure um so not all open mics are created equal mm -hmm. so the fairweather mic is a really good mic because people are there for it mm -hmm. they're listening they're supportive they clap unless you're just being all right all out mm -hmm. an asshole which i've seen that happen there too but uh but they squash it real quick which is nice mm -hmm. you know and uh caleb does a really good job of uh keeping everybody going so he's a really good host um so that's a really good open mic to go to try stuff to that you want to know and see if it works mm -hmm. there's open mics like jj's alley um and like Grand Royale, 
you're there, but the people are kind of just having drinks and hanging out. But that's a different way you got to exercise. Mm -hmm. You got to exercise your jokes with distractions mm -hmm. and trying to connect with a crowd when they don't want to connect with you. So you're working those muscles. But as far as starting out, um, just spend 30 minutes to an hour writing something that you think is funny, try to collect mm -hmm. stuff, and then go up to a mic. Open, open. Standupmics.com. Com, I think that's it. Uh, my buddy Leo Mendes kind of runs that, and it has a list of all the open mics in OKC. That's a good resource. It is, man. It's a huge help, um, because, and he always is changing. He also has lists for Tulsa, too, and a few other surrounding areas. So it's it's a pretty good deal, but go find you a mic. I think everybody should do stand-up yeah, just to just see. To see it, yeah. It's like jumping out of a plane. <laughs> um, even if it you, you'll be scared, you'll get embarrassed, but as soon as you're done, you're like, I did it. Yeah. And it, it's the success is in the doing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because you had mentioned something a minute ago I wanted to touch on was just writing jokes in general. I mean, obviously you can't just, I mean, you could. You could if you think you're funny enough, there are people out there that are like, oh, I can just get up in front of people and just talk and be funny. I mean, some people can. Some people think they can and they cannot. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you should probably have some bits, have some ideas. So what are some approaches when you got started writing jokes? What kind of approaches do you do or other people can do or things that you might want to try? Um, and also maybe can you talk about when you find a joke and you try it out and you get feedback, you know, and how do you edit those jokes and how do you kind of make them better and, and kind of progress them into uh, um, more better, more practiced bits and material? Um, so, this yeah. is one of my favorite reasons for doing comedy and to like writing and showing it to a crowd mm -hmm. with music versus comedy. With music, you gotta write the song, you gotta practice it, you gotta get it all prepared, then you bring it up, mm -hmm. and then you play, and then you see if people like it. With comedy, you write a joke or have a funny thought, you kinda, you know, shape it up a little bit, and then take it out there, and if it works, it's way quicker feedback. Mm -hmm. You get that feedback right then, and it's very apparent, like, it's so funny because it's like, either it goes good and you get this real huge, like, oh, I gotta laugh. Yeah. Or it goes bad and it feels like a swat on the hand, you know? <laughs> but the the data that you get from the audience, and and sometimes might not be, good. that's why you gotta try it a bunch of times. You know, if you tried at JJ's mm -hmm. and at Grand Royale, you're not gonna get a lot of feedback. Yeah. But you're gonna get the practice to put it under your tongue. But at like doing a Bricktown Comedy Club or at Fairweather mm -hmm. Friends, you're gonna get a good feedback. You know, but you might not have it under your tongue as good. Yeah. So it's about presentation as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a, it's it's tricky. It's fun to kind of see what work. And eventually, what happens? What happened to one of mine is it evolved. Like in the middle of one of my sets, I forgot a piece, but then I just switched things around by accident, mm -hmm. and it made the joke better, just because it felt like a conversation. And you kind of take that. And you're like, oh, I yeah. like the way that went. So then you start doing that every time. Yeah. And so you and I record all my sets, mm -hmm. which is huge. Yeah, because that's a good uh, uh, way to improve for sure i do that with music i think that that's huge with music for performing and and um i would tell any musician if you're listening like record as much of your sets as you can just i mean even if you don't want to share it just so you can watch it and be like and see what you you did and see what how it went so I mean, that's invaluable I think and I'm sure it is even more so with comedy because you can actually hear what you did and how you can change it and things like that well the yeah you're 100% <laughs> what I also recognize is sometimes my memory isn't as good mm -hmm. as what happened and I'll beat myself up and then I'll go back and look at the yeah. video and I'll be like oh it wasn't that bad mm -hmm. but I've also looked at it and been like oh it wasn't that good <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that felt a lot better yeah, I was like look. oh I killed <laughs> and you get up there it's like oh no it was just it wasn't that good yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the thing and then you get to see the truth of it mm -hmm. and then you get to accurately edit right, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah with music good. too recording yourself playing a song yeah. Just in the room. Because when you're doing the action, you can't give it full attention. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's... Uh, I mean, there's so much stuff to take to take in. and mm -hmm. You're filtering stuff. You're watching the crowd. You don't know what's going on up there. So that's a huge one. Record and then 
have a little grace with yourself when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as writing goes, mm-hmm. morning pages. Yeah. You do morning pages too, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, morning pages are kind of a journaling exercise where you write. It's kind of a, to me, I look at it like a, not not like normal journaling. You kind of write whatever's in your head at the moment. I mean, you kind of, it's like free free flowing, free thinking, and you, it's kind of a, I've heard it described as like brain vomit. <laughs> it's just like anything that's going on in your life. I mean, you end up writing what's important, what you're thinking about a lot. And it's very helpful to get it out of your head to me and get it onto a page. And it's very therapeutic. I mean, I've used it, I use it for all, you know, a year as just therapy, just to, you know, you know, work through thoughts and feelings. But something that's something that, you know, we've both been doing for a while just to, I think it's good for anyone mental health, but also you can use it as a creative tool as well. Yeah. It, I agree, man. I I think the uh, as far as practicality, you just sit down, you put on a timer for twenty to thirty minutes, and you just write. Stream of conscious. Don't pick up your pen and just go. You know, uh, try not to be disturbed. Try to put yourself in a place where you can just do that. You do that for twenty to thirty minutes. Even if you're writing, I'm writing right now, and yeah, I don't know what I've to write. <laughs> it I've, always leads to yeah, something. Yeah, you'll else. start because yeah. yeah, there's there are days where I'm just like. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what am I? I mean, you literally write around. what's in your internal dialogue, and then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I've it, also written very profound things where I'm like, oh my god, where does this even come from? <laughs> this yeah. is great. But that doesn't happen if you don't show up. Yeah, yeah, so you gotta do it. And that's it. yeah, a big part of the morning pages is doing it every morning. That's what it's called. I mean, ideally, you can do it any time of day, but. Ideally, it's in the morning, and it helps to me. It just helps me go throughout my day, and you don't have those thoughts. I mean, if something's really bothering you, and you just write it all out first thing in the morning, you're not going to be thinking about it as much all day. So I think it's very good for just uh, yeah. feeling better and uh, and all of that. So uh, it frees up bandwidth. Yeah, That's what exactly. I like. Yeah. What I I mean, it gets a and I might not even I'll write for thirty minutes in the morning. And then I have some joke exercises I do just to kind of get my brain rolling. And then I might, I might not even, I'll do that for an hour and I might not even get anything out of it. Yeah. But what it does is it gets rid of all the crap right. in my brain. Exactly. And then while I'm walking around throughout the day, and, yeah. I'm like picking stuff up. So it's, it's a good practice. It's the main practice I use yeah, now. For writing. Um, uh, and then as far as editing, it's just go up, yeah. record it, like you said. take it home. I think one, yeah. something I thought about doing, and I've tried this a little bit with, the morning pages and just journaling but it's like um writing and trying to exercise your kind of what is the word um like uh word association even like you just like write a word or think of a word or a topic and just write everything that comes to your mind that is associated with that or not it doesn't matter really because it's just word association and and thought association i think that that's something and maybe there are better ways to do it. Like I said, I just would just write a word and just write a bunch of stuff that uh, relate to it and ch- try to... I mean, I think that the, a, a good approach for comedy, and I'm sure when it gets into like improv, it's just thinking, being on your toes and thinking, being quick and being able to just rattle off something without thinking much about it. And I think that's a skill that you have to kind of cultivate. I mean... A little bit is there anything like that that you do or have is that something you've thought about at all um i do that's one of the exercises yeah. in the morning uh there's a you write down i use a random word generator okay and i'll grab like five or six nouns yeah just off of that and then i'll write the word at the top let's say it's a goal you know and then you just write down what other meanings of that word could be mm. so uh goals as in trying to reach a goal goal is in a soccer goal goal and then phrases phrases too so like uh made a goal mm. um uh, goaltending okay and then what happens is is you can create jokes off of that but really it's just a way for you to kind of practice associating and then yeah. you can do an association list, which is just going down and just write, like you just said, mm-hmm. just write everything. That's something that yeah. I think. And then, that's, yeah, I yeah. think that for me, it's like, that's where I, 
I can I can do well if I'm when I'm writing anything like say whatever it is. It's like I'll take a lot of time to carefully craft it and things like that. But it's like that's great. But you can't do that if if you're in a situation where you need to be quick. <laughs> that's not really a, that helpful. And so that's something I try to get better at. I think and and try to improve on just for myself so i'm sure other people could do that as well yeah but i'm sure there's tons of different things if you have any tips let us know because we'd like to i'm looking for stuff like that i'm still know. learning too, yeah so exactly yeah. if anybody's got things like that that they, they do that'd be cool cool uh resource something i learned a couple of things i learned um that's been really helpful in just doing art and also just being a person um, is don't worry about the outcomes. All of, I mean, this is something that um, I read in a, the comic toolbox, but uh, this guy, he does a lot of different art and he does a lot of different teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, what he explains is like all of your procrastination and all of like your anxiety comes from the fear of outcome. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh man, if I go up here and I don't do good or if these people don't like me, it's like, it takes you out of the moment. And you can't even be your authentic self. And so you're not even giving it your 100%. You don't even realize it because you're, you're fear-based. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to tell people, don't be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> but And you should, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You can be authentically afraid in that moment. But try not to fear the outcome as much as just like, get because you can't control it. Mm -hmm. It's all about, you know, think you can't control the outcome. All you can do is control your preparation. Mm -hmm. What it, The show isn't even itself it's not important what's important is everything you did to get up to that show mm -hmm. you know did i did i go to every mic i could did i try to host did i write every day did mm -hmm. if you did all those things and you can walk up into that moment and go i did everything i did yeah i could you know i prepped um and so that one I, that one helps me a lot is don't worry about the outcomes just enjoy the moment that you're in and then uh that's a big one. And then there was another one that I learned yeah. yesterday. I have a little mantra, kind of. It's really just like a, a thought that I have, but it helps me a lot. I tell myself before I go up, it's like, hey man, everything's all right. You know, everything's good. And then uh, I'll think of my mom. Like mm -hmm. there, she had a certain way to laugh. Me and her used to pick on each other. Mm -hmm. And so uh, like, before she passed, she came over to a house that I was working on and she was like kind of, she just got back from the doctor and she was like, uh, hey, the doctor said I lost five pounds. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't even tell, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then she was, she does this thing whenever she would uh, laugh, but she would also like hit me. But she'd be like, oh, you know, like one of those. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that. That was like, so I remember that moment mm -hmm. and I go, just, I'm going to do that to them. It just puts you in a kind of happy place. Or, yeah. You know, just kind of put you in a positive mindset I think it reminds me why I'm doing it yeah and it's fun for like, I want a, that that's important I think yeah. to always remember the reason why we do any of this I think that and I think this is something I've, I've learned recently and try to think about when it comes to the reason why we do what we do as creators or anything that you do that you're passionate about and that that is gives you purpose but um a lot of people, I think that, you know, we all have to figure it out for ourselves, but you have to figure out why it is that we do, not so much what it is. Like you, if you think of, if you, if you're a guitar player, for instance, and you love guitar and you love performing and you love the fact that people, you know, get to listen to your music and, and it resonates with them and all of that and then you lose the ability to play guitar what do you do then it's like your whole life is gone you know your whole reason for doing things i mean you're not able to do it but if you remember the reason why you did it in the first place you can go back to that and find a new way or you know rekindle that purpose in a, in, in a different way and not you know worry so much about your life is over because you can't play guitar anymore i think that's important to try and recognize and like you said i mean i think it's whatever it is if you love performing try to realize why it is that you love that or love creating art or doing whatever you do oh, i never thought of it like that yeah i think it's something that you know nobody I means something that i've learned and kind of uh, try to keep in mind and 
think what, it's important. What's your why? I think for, uh, and that's something that I've been trying to, to discover. I mean, I don't, I think a lot of people don't really know why. You just kind of do what you do and you love it. And then, well, it's, you associate, well, I love, say you're a painter. I love painting because it's, makes you feel good for some reason, but you got to figure out why it is that that makes you feel good. I think instead of, it's not just because painting makes you feel good. There's a deeper reason. I think that we all have to do some exploring to figure that out. But I think it's important to stay true to that. Cause if you stay true to that, you'll never be lost. I mean, you yeah. can always go back to the actual reason why it is. I think for me, I want to help people. I mean, if I can, I think a lot of my life is I, I, sometimes I feel like I can't help or I don't know how to help people. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I want to share the things that I've learned. And I think that's the only way that any of us can get better is, is by teaching each other, you know, I mean, that, you know, what else is there? I mean, that's, I've learned so much from the internet. I think of like YouTube and all this stuff that I've, you know, it's invaluable resources and information of people sharing what they've learned and what they've accomplished in life. Um, and so I've learned so much from that and I, and I think, oh, I can do that too. Maybe I can take some of these things that I've learned and and put in into play into my life and share them with someone else and it could inspire someone else to do something great. I mean, that's really what, what I, I like to think a lot about. I mean, think about with music. I mean, nowadays when I'm getting older is like, you know, finding these younger artists or even the same age or whoever that's a, a, a songwriter, a creator that, I have so many skills that I can put towards that and like help raise them up. And it's like, oh, I can showcase what you're capable of with songwriting and help you achieve, you know, your dream, which in terms helps me achieve my dream of like helping people. I think, I mean, that's why I like to, to, I hope that that's true. I think it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But that's what I strive to be and what I see myself doing. And so that's something. And, and, you know, maybe it'll evolve even deeper than that in some way. I just don't know yet. I've been thinking a lot about it. Well, uh, something that James Clear um, says is 1% better every day. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're still moving forward. At the end of the year, you're 365% better. Yeah. You know, which is a huge, huge change. Um it's funny that you said to help people. I mean, you've always been helpful since we were growing up, you know. Um, That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, well, I mean, like, if I asked you for yeah. it, you were there, you know. Mm -hmm. And then for most people, yeah. you've been that way. For my friends, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think about it. Like, I think that whenever I see so many people on the street and then, you know, the beggars or whatever, they're out there, you know asking for money, asking for help. And it's like, I see them and like, I can't, I, I'm trying to pay my bills. I can't afford to help you right now. Yeah. I wish I could, but I don't know what, you see these people struggling on the street and it's like, man, how can I be a actual help? I mean, it's, it's tough, but it's like, you can only do so much. So yeah, it hurts because it's like, is my help effective? Yeah, because it's like I can give them five bucks, but mm, right. I What's mean, that actually gonna it's do? mostly drugs. It's yeah. mostly if they're gonna, and so and I think there are issues. and yeah. with that and that's a big um, uh, thing. And and for me is, I think a lot about these the people on the street and the people that struggle and and how to to be of help. And I think that there are tons of bigger things that I could be involved in. I want to be more involved with. And, and solving the problem as a whole yeah. whereas yeah just giving uh, a person a dollar I mean maybe that that could be huge for them too if you think about that could be the highlight of their day I mean and maybe help them keep going to the next day I mean you just never know what well how you and, and what impact you'll have on anyone that we meet no matter what it is yeah or who they are to always try I, I always try I mean I'm sure you do too but like try to come to things with kindness mm -hmm. and just yeah, like absolutely. take myself like try not to take it personal sometimes yeah. you know I'm a little more selfish as far as my mm -hmm. why um, 
I know why I like to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, my, uh, you know, I was, I was adopted by my grandparents, but I lived with my mom at the beginning, and she was a single mother. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I always wanted to make her laugh yeah, because she seemed like it was struggling. tough. Yeah. And then our whole family did that. Mm -hmm. Our whole family were cut up, so we'd all make fun of each other and, like, joke around. And so it was a language in our house. When things got tough, you could tell a joke, you'd get out of trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was, like, a lot of, like, real-life yeah, risks. That's something know? with comedy. I mean, comedy, to me, it's, like... It makes you, comedy makes you think, whereas like tragedy makes you feel. I mean, those are the two, like if you go back to Shakespeare or whatever, the, you know, the origins of, of kind of performance and storytelling are, you know, very, very early days. But those are the two styles of plays, right? Comedy or tragedy. That's the, but the thinking, the comedy, and I've always, I learned that when I was younger and I've always thought about it and it's like comedy it puts things into a, into to a perspective where it's like you can laugh at it. You know, it's like even if it is something terrible, like if you're in a bad way in your your life or your family or, you know, struggling to make ends meet, if you can laugh about it, you can move on and move forward, I think. And so it's a good thing to, that's a, one very powerful thing in for comedy, I think about a lot is just the ability to make you th how it affects your mind and the way you look at things. Uh, so that's great. I mean, I, even like you said, it, even if you say it's selfish, I think that it's not because you, making other people laugh affects them in a way that you yeah. don't even realize or can't realize. Really, I mean, you don't know what how they're gonna. They're going to go home and think about their life a little bit differently, hopefully. You know? Well, also, it's a way to find someone who identifies with your plight. Because yeah. so, mm -hmm. if they can laugh at that situation, right. that means they also live through it. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. yeah, all art is, if you see a, a piece of art that and that you like, I mean, that's automatically something that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, and like you said, I mean, I'll, I just thought of, Sometimes you could people tell a joke about like oh I'm I have you know I'm depressed or I'm have something you know wrong with my mental health and they joke about it and then other people that might have that same thing like oh they're depressed too but they're out there still trying to you know make themselves better and and you know keep going and keep going and so I think that's really helpful and empowering for the the viewer to to think to see like you said they're going through the similar thing yeah and it's uh that that's very good for people to see that they're not alone and they're not the only ones struggling yeah and then they can also laugh at it yeah 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 and you and, can in that like i said even going back to that's going to change their their daily life in a way hopefully it's also a way to deliver ideas that nobody wants to think about right. like uh if you're a liberal, maybe, mm -hmm. or in, or you're conservative and you're playing to the other side, mm -hmm. if you can make the joke funny more than it is upsetting to the person, mm -hmm. then you force them to laugh, mm -hmm. and then it creates this, like, it almost, like, kind of just sneaks that idea in there. Yeah. But once it's in there, you can kind of play with it, mull around, you're like, oh, maybe I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I understand this yeah. person. Because it all comes down from maybe people. even if they don't agree with it, they yeah. can see it. You know, see perspective. Side, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, comedy is a great way to, um, to yeah. kind of do that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, going back to real quick on the kind of our favorite comics and things like that. But what are some of your biggest inspirations? Why, I mean, besides the fact that you've always loved making people laugh and um, just being funny, you've always been just the jokester, the, the, the class clown. Um, but what kind of, is there any artists or co comics that you've watched and you, maybe when you were younger, and you saw someone on TV and you're like, oh, I think that could be me. I could do that. You know, like, I, I, that's like, I think I'm a comedian. Is there anyone or anything, like, inspiration-wise that you can recall? Um, 
there's a few milestone people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Louis Anderson was one, right. so that was like the one where I was like, "Oh, I want to do that," mm-hmm. but I didn't. Re- well, I was too scared. You yeah, know, as a kid, you don't right. think you just start making people laugh around you. Yeah, and you're but like, that's "Oh, that's still works. like you're inspired not to per se be on a stage in front of people, but you're inspired to make other people laugh." Oh yeah, that, that's general. Louis Anderson. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, like I said, Lori and and my mom were. Uh, they were all they were just jokesters they were just fun people and that's what they did Um, and then there was a point when I found Joe Rogan before he was this like (laughs) whatever this uh, icon of of the alphas (laughs) I don't know I like him still I don't like him like I used to I mean he's a very smart man he is dude he's really good but back in the day he thought in ways that were foreign to me but also made sense he used his humor to kind of like tweak that for me yeah, but really he just... was one where I was like, okay, you can have thoughts that are a little bit more complex, and he was able to express it in a very accurate way, mm-hmm. you know, and then also talk about his. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that's what it feels like. So that was one. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I just yeah, that's a, that, that's a... no, well, another one. Freak, I forgot. What? My actually, I take it all back. <laughs> My favorite comedian is hands down like Jim Carrey. He's like oh nice. When I was a kid, like Ace Ventura, The Mask, you know those yeah. movies were. I mean, he was an inspiration to me in a way. I think he's probably one of the funniest people I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, like yeah, to me personally. So it's like it's like he, Will Ferrell, but. Um, you know, yeah, well, Ferrell guaranteed was, a, that was something. I, that's a good transition into movies. I think comedy movies, like that's something that we loved. Comedy, like watching these comedic films growing up. I mean, I remember we watched the crap out of the Wedding Singer. Yeah, dude, Adam that's Sandler. my favorite. Adam Any Sandler. Adam Sandler movie. He's a great uh, yeah. inspiration as far as comedy and music, and just. A performer, I think. Uh, Wedding Singer, Wayne's World. <laughs> I mean, we you watched mean, the crap out of those. Yeah, dude, that was a good one. Uh, so many of these old movies. You're um, missing one, man. Yeah. You're missing, like, the one I know you by. Yeah. Can, no, can I you, think I know what you're you talking about. You know what I'm talking about? about? Uh, so what is it? A Night at the Rock. Yeah, dude, that was, our, that was the jam, man. That was my, my first, favorite one. My first ever screen name when I was probably, like, maybe 12 years old i mean we were probably i mean aol was just popping off but uh it was inspired by uh a night at the roxbury with will ferrell and chris Catan, and the screen name was club hopper 05 (laughs) and like i was literally like 13 years old i didn't know you know only thing i knew about clubs (laughs) were from that movie yeah dude but uh it was inspiring to me i don't know i loved it and so yeah no that was that's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time for sure i think it's funny when you're a kid you don't recognize all of the comedy that's going on but you still watch it yeah and you're like you're still it's still funny well comedy movies are i mean it's they were massive i think in you know obviously starting going back to like animal house and and you know like those uh the national lampoon movies were just they popped off and like um turned it into a thing where it's like oh my god these are really popular and and really good and that kind of grew into so many movies in the 90s and leading up into early 2000s i mean i remember i think one of the funniest movies i've ever seen in the theater was super troopers oh yeah we went and saw that and now you know we were whatever age you know our uh, teenagers probably and like oh my god i never laughed so hard in the theater watching that movie and then you know, and it's kind of sad because they're, they're just not, I mean, they definitely don't make the money that they used to, but bringing up Will Ferrell, I mean, he had a string of just so many great com- comedic movies that, I mean, going for decades, honestly, I mean, the most recent one that I loved was um, Eurovision. Eurovision. Yeah, Eurovision. That was so good. Oh my God, have you seen that? No, I haven't. You didn't watch, that's like classic Will Ferrell as far, I mean, this feels like it was it should have been made around Talladega Nights era. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's because a lot of his newer stuff I don't get into, but that one was very, very good. Um, but yeah, I love like Talladega Nights. What was it? Old School? Old that's School. That's one of the funniest yeah, movies. That was a great I one. Think. Um, but but yeah, I think. I want to talk about a, an act that blends both of our worlds yeah. that we grew up with that uh. <laughs> I love 
more than anything. It was my first concert. Yeah, mine uh, too. <laughs> Tenacious D. Right, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about them recently because, yeah, the music and the comedy. I mean, Jack Black, one of the funniest my people hero. on the planet. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, great singer, great songwriter, very funny, great performer. I mean, just all around, just, oh my God incredible and all of his comedy and his his art is, is so kind-hearted even if it's yeah. like gross yeah. you know it's like or you know he just saying. seems like a great person Crude. i don't know yeah you know, he just he, he seems very genuine and kind and kung fu pandas is my f- <laughs> yeah. by far one of my favorite sets of movies yeah honestly. <laughs> uh, that yeah i mean but going back to like saving silver men remember that oh, i mean yeah. the early days of jack black when nobody really knew knew who he was what was watched. that nick hornby movie uh, adaptation are talk- you talking about um high fidelity high fidelity yeah, that's, that's where i the, first saw that's him. one of my favorite movies yeah but yeah there's so much of that i mean that's such an inspiration for us growing up watching comedy movies and comedy central presents and comedy central the channel i mean that those are that was my top three channels right it was yeah. uh comedy central mtv and Adult Swim or Cartoon Network, (laughs) which is pretty much the same shit I watch now. So it's not much different. I'm right on board with you. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, Comedy Central was like daily, always watching that daily show. I mean, South Park, South Park, Park, so much stuff. I mean, that that was like, I loved it. I think we growing up, we always loved to laugh. We always joke around, make each other laugh. So that's always something that's been you know a part of our lives. It was. It's just. And I think it's important because this life is too short. You have to, you can't walk around and be serious all the time. You have to, you know, take life as it comes and just laugh at it when, you know, it doesn't go right. Um, Because it always, it never will go right or, you know, very rarely goes the way you want it to. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very valuable thing. Um, We can have a little levity for yourself. Right. You know, you can, you can. You don't have to take things as hard, mm-hmm. and that that really I think is what kills people faster is just stress and yeah. pressure and overwhelm. And I think that's that's why I think comedy has, to me, in the you know after the the past few years that the entire world has gone through, I think comedy is is particularly in Oklahoma City and I'm sure all over the country and in the world maybe, but comedy is just. It's had this kind of a resurgence, I think, especially like, like I said, just speaking from the Oklahoma City perspective, it's like, it's never been like this here. Oh, with com- com- You know, there's shows every day. You can go see performers telling jokes and talking about life and joking about life. And it's like, I think that's so important that people, something people need right now is to, to move past all the trauma we've been through with, um, and everything so it's I think that that's why you know it's people want to are drawn to comedy because they want to laugh and it's relief yeah yeah it eases some pressure Mm -hmm. you know like I said and you're identifying with people who are saying the things that maybe you were thinking or didn't Mm -hmm. didn't realize that other people are going through right yeah and once you're not alone Mm -hmm. you're like oh okay what is uh something that you as a comic a big part of it is failing or bombing mm. as they call it yeah. right like on stage so what are some tips that you would have for maybe a new person that's getting started or even if you've been doing this for a while we all every comic has to deal with that and how do you get over that how do you move past it and keep going how does how do you keep it from discouraging you from continuing when it happens it's tough I think it's different for everybody mm-hmm. but um, for the most part exposure so mm-hmm. the more you bomb the more you realize oh it's just a part of the process mm-hmm. um, the there's that now dealing with the emotions after you've bombed when I first started they used to hang with me mm-hmm. for like because what ends up happening is you have like cringe moments in your day where you're like oh yeah. I can't believe I said that you just think of it yeah. oh that didn't work <laughs> yeah but then you start to see them and you start to go watch other comedians and even the good ones you start to watch and like uh, something I remember I saw Mark Norman at Bricktown Comedy Club and he did his set but in the middle he tried to do a new joke and it didn't work mm-hmm. you know and you have to think of your set as tiny victories mm-hmm. so you know if one joke didn't work 
all right, well, that's that one joke. You know, what did work? Mm-hmm. You know, and I like to think of it being like grateful. Like, you know, I, I write down three things I'm grateful for every morning. It kind of keeps me thinking in that way because mm-hmm. you can always look at, there's endless amount of negative stuff to look at. But if you sit down and focus on the good stuff, it, it makes you feel better and kind of overshadows the bad. So that's what I try to, I try to focus on what I did well and look at what I, what maybe didn't work. And that's what you have to think of it. It's like, oh, that just didn't work and go, how can I make that better? Or do I not need this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's what, and, and bombing is a part of it. Now I think this is one of the reasons why I think people, everybody should do it. It develops a thick skin mm-hmm. because little rejections throughout your day from other people. I'm a, I'm a salesman basically. Yeah. So they don't mean anything anymore. You can tell me, no, I'll walk out the door. I'm going to go home and play a video game, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and remember. But before, happened? I used to take it personally. I'd be like, oh, why didn't they like my yeah. options? Why didn't they like me? It's like, they don't like you. It's just you didn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, you don't want to yeah. work with somebody who you, just, you don't fit with. Now you found you found out, yeah. you know, it's like now you know. Now you know this audience know. doesn't like you. You're so right. now you're figuring <laughs> that out, you know? Yeah. It's the same thing. So I fail. something I like to try tell my kids, I like to tell them that, man, you don't learn anything when you win. Mm. You learn when you lose. Yeah. You know, and what something when I first started in the electrical trade with my dad, I was really scared to do any work because I thought I was going to mess something up. Mm-hmm. And he came in one day. He's like, "You haven't done anything." He's like, "I don't." I don't know. He's yeah. like, "He's like, listen, if you're not f- up, you're not doing anything." Yeah. You know, so screw it up, and then we'll fix it after, <laughs> and then you'll learn. Yeah. Then you'll know next time how to do it without having to go back. Yeah. Over it. And it's the only way you learn. So you got to know that the. The pain is a part of the process, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be pain. Yeah. If you take it, if you think about it in a way that's like, this is just me growing. Another thing that the comic toolbox, I like referencing this because he does a lot of stuff on being a person as far as like how to deal with negative thoughts and editing in your art. So, uh, and getting in your own way because of fear. That's a big one. What I learned is like, if you're afraid, you can't give your 100%. You know, mm-hmm. you can't do as well as you should. You can't give everything to this joke because you're hanging back mm-hmm. and you're, you're not being your authentic self. So you have to give the joke a platform to be the best chance it can get. And the only way to do that is to go with it all in your 100%. Otherwise, you're not even being you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's uh, failing is it's hard, man, especially if you're a perfectionist. I think it's something that we all deal with in any kind of creative uh the endeavor is the uh, yeah the fear of yourself i think you know it's like we're so afraid of ourselves and and showing ourselves for whatever reason i mean i think that a big part of life and that we all need to do is learn how to get over ourselves and not worry about what we look like or how we come off because we are who we are i mean you are the product of all of your experiences so it's, it's important to um, get over yourself and to uh, try not to think about it and just focus on the work and put it out there and keep doing it because like you said if you don't if you're too afraid to even try you're never gonna get to where you want to be so you have to figure it out and then and, and try to move forward and keep going Man, I've, something I recognize, too, is nobody cares. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can get up on stage. Yeah, we if you, all put so much more. If you flounder, they're just like, oh, man, that was rough. And then you leave and you carry that with you, mm-hmm. but nobody else yeah. thinks about you after that. It's all you in your head. That. You're yeah. the only one that's hanging on to it. <laughs> it's, it's not, and it's not doing you any good. Yeah. Like I said, that's why you record. Then you go back and you go, oh, I can fix this. I can do this. If you're not recording, you're just going off from memory, and you can ruminate mm-hmm. and, like, knock yourself down when you didn't even, you didn't even do that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality of it is nobody gives a shit. You know what I'm saying? I still work around guys I've been working around for a year that don't don't know a lot of my jokes and they've been hearing them every time. They just aren't paying attention. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and that's that's really, that's fine. It's not their responsibility. Yeah. My, my job is to see what the crowd does, mm-hmm. take that data home, fix things, and bring it back and try to do it again. Mm-hmm. It's science. Yeah. 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 It's a scientific process. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can take your, I mean, it's hard. If you can take your emotions out. Yeah. And follow your sensibilities mm-hmm. is probably the way to go. But also, I don't know. Shit. 
So it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm still learning too. I still feel it. If I go yeah. bomb, I'll go bomb at Grand Royale, knowing damn well that it's not a good spot. Yeah, and I'll still like, be like, why didn't I win them over? <laughs> why didn't I get them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all right, man. But you have to. I think. Uh, I think the only way that really get over it you have to just learn to let it go and just like i said move forward think of, you know don't worry about the past just think about what's happening right now that's the only thing that really matters is this moment we well, you you can't know? do anything about it either yeah you know, what are you it's do? gone i mean yeah. the past is is gone the future doesn't exist so there's no point in even trying to think too much about that or you know worry about that because that hasn't happened that nothing's you know there is no future until it's the present (laughs) so uh, I don't know that's there's you know there's resources as far as like just you know therapy or you know just whatever you can do like I said the morning pages I think that's a big way to to get something get the thoughts out and, and look at them not in your head and just like oh this is just words on a page now now that it's out you know well after you write on the morning pages for so long, mm-hmm. I reread my, I use my yeah, for premises yeah. and stuff, but a lot of people will crush them up and throw them right. away. Right, and that's, yeah, because that's kind of the thing is that you can't, to me, I, you have to look at it in a way that you can, you can't edit yourself even from there because you, yeah, and the way to do it is to not even, just to assume that no one else will ever read this, including yeah. yourself, I mean, if you want. And that's something that I do. I never reread my stuff. Really? You know, I don't think that that's really the purpose, unless you are using it for. You, you can, of yeah. course. There's no one stopping you. But um, to me, it's like, like you said, just crumple them up and throw them away because it's, it's, you know, if that purpose has been served, then then there, you know, there's no real reason to hang on to them. What I like about it, rereading them, is uh, you get a bird's eye view. Yeah. You can and think so, about, and mm-hmm. I start looking at and seeing patterns in my thinking yeah. and who I am. I'm like, yeah, oh well, this don't. is why I do this, mm-hmm. and that's where I learned a lot about and myself that's... with the, you know, me trying to make people laugh, how yeah, I was raised, exactly. and all that stuff. It comes through in that, but also, if you write and you do it right without trying to edit yourself and try, it shows you without your mask, mm-hmm. and so you can really get down in the nuts and bolts of why things are bothering you yeah. and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I live in a house full of like my wife and my kids. If they read it, that's their fault. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I tell don't them. Be like, I'm writing <laughs> that I should. I mean, even just to feel what it feels like to write that going through my hands, like feeling the hate, mm-hmm. feeling things. I don't hate my wife. Yeah, but I've written some stuff but in you there. Thought, yeah, and you it's like, I can't thing. believe she did this to me. I mean, yeah. our thoughts. We don't control our thoughts. Our thoughts yeah. just pop up. They're you know, and they're not who you are either. You know, those are just thoughts in your mind that appear. I mean. That's just like the, you know, when you have intrusive thoughts, you know, it's like things of, you know, they're just literally, you don't mean to think them, but no. they just happen. They just happen. And so, yeah, and it's important to get that out and to, and just to, like I said, it, the pages can help just um, get it out of your head in a way and into the real world, into physical space, yeah. and you can, you know, it doesn't hang on anymore. But yeah, that, that, that's the reason why no one, you sh- no one else should ever read your pages. They shouldn't, you know, for sure. Yeah. And you should feel free to, you know, say whatever you want in there because those are, yeah, that's just an extension of your mind. In a yeah. way. Well, I want to feel that emotion and write in that way. It, I want it, I want it to come out. I don't want to hinder my writing mm-hmm. as a way of expression. So I don't want. I have to write the bad with the good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, that's me. Yeah. You know, that, it, and if I feel that way and if I think that way. But something that helped me a lot is uh, an example. Is when mom passed a couple years ago or whatever, I start, that's when I really started journaling. And, uh, and I was like, man, why am I so angry all the time? Mm-hmm. Why am I so angry? And then I read through and I was like, oh, no, I'm not angry. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go, oh, this is just re- a secondary reaction to what I actually right. am. I don't want people to see it, so it's like, yeah, that's the bird's eye view you get mm-hmm. whenever you go back. Is you're like, oh no, you know, I almost killed a guy at lock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like lock supply, <laughs> but he started it. I mean, it's his fault. But you know, I walk in. This guy's yeah. a jerk. I kind of just go, all right, I'm not gonna mess with this guy. I'm gonna go talk to this cashier. He tells me, come over here, man. I'll take care of you. And then he kind of treats me bad. Mm-hmm. And then I blew up, and. uh and I wrote about it, and I was like, oh, no, that wasn't... I mean, I wouldn't normally handle things like that, 
he was being excessively a jerk, yeah. which was, you know. But I looked at it and was like, oh, no, that was just me being sad, and he caught me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he also had a bad attitude. Yeah. I'm not I'm not giving him everything. But. We all have stuff we have in our lives that you, no one realizes. I mean, he, his mom might have died, too. Yeah, you don't know, <laughs> dude. Who knows? We're just uh, atoms bumping up against each right. other. Yeah, so. Well, do you want to go over... Yeah. So I've got a... So there's a really cool thing going on. Um, Brandon Kilo's putting on a roast show mm-hmm. for himself. It's his birthday, September 15th, which also happens to be Iris's, my daughter's birthday. Oh, okay. So I won't be there, but <laughs> but it's it's going to be a great show. I mean, hell, man, there's so many comics going that are local killers. So it's going to be really cool to see. And that's in Norman, isn't it? At Up Together, 7 p.m. Um, 7 p.m. on Friday. Uh, you can get those tickets. That's going to be a good show. Um, and then that Saturday, September 16th, I have a show uh, put on by Adrian Corwin. And uh, we got a bunch of good comedians on there, too. It's at Dr. Terps in Midwest City, mm-hmm. September 16th at 8 p.m. So that's going to be a fun one. And then the following weekend, there's this huge Funniest Comic in OKC at Glamour. Uh, it's a new spot, but they're trying to do this Funniest Comic competition. I'm not really into competitions as much as mm-hmm. I just want to get up there and get ex- exposure yeah. and practice. Get up there and um, people. But there's a $500 win if you mm-hmm. get it. Um and so that one's happening the 21st to the 24th. So it's like a whole weekend. It's almost like a little, tiny festival yeah, at this one spot. And you kind of watch all these comedians battle it out. And mm-hmm. it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be part of it as, as well as pretty much every other comedian in Oklahoma City. <laughs> um, but that's, that's good. That's a good like lineup if you want to get the taste of uh, you know everyone in one weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm on the 23rd show, so that's going to be a good one. Um, and that's pretty much what, I, what I've got coming up here in these next few weeks. So sounds good. Um, so we've got a. I've got a big project that's coming out um, September 22nd. Stolen Cable will be releasing our full-length LP uh, it's called Stolen Cable by Stolen Cable <laughs> 12 songs um, there's album artwork that we have it's 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 gonna be launching September 22nd it's already in the in the launch window in the in the canon it's ready to fire so um, <laughs> Yeah, check that out. Be on the lookout. I'll be posting about it. And uh, we do have a special video message from the songwriter of uh, 11 of the 12 songs. And here it is from Josh Bartruck, all the way from Kyoto, Japan. My name is Josh from the hit band Stolen Cable. You've caught me out at the river writing a new song, but I got important news special for you on the Rhythm and Wit podcast. Stolen Cable debut album, self-titled, will be out September 22nd. It'll have all your favorites, including our single Greater Metro Area, along with other fan favorites like Running from Archons in the Afterlife, She Wants to Dance, and Family Guy Funny Moment Compilations. Hope all is well with everyone out in the great state of Oklahoma. Cheers from Kyoto. I can't withstand the thought of me losing you and someone else's arms today. The paramount of instinct goes away. away. Maybe Dave will chop off the video here. I don't know. Thanks, Josh, for that special message. We love you. We hope you're doing well. Um, Check it out. September 22nd. Stolen Cable everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, all that jazz. We'll have some, maybe some little videos for a couple of the songs. We're trying to figure that out, but we're really excited about this project. I mean, we've worked real hard on it, and... Excited for y'all to hear it, so check it out when it comes out. September 22nd, Stolen Cable. So, thanks for watching. This has been 
episode two of Rhythm and Wit with Dave and Nick. Um, we really appreciate everyone for following the Instagram page and uh, just being on this journey with us. We hope you continue to check us out. And like I said before, we have an email address rhythmandwit at gmail.com we want to hear from you if you've got any anything that you want to talk about any topics or any questions or anything silliness, silliness. yeah just yeah. hit us up because we we definitely want to be interactive with you all and involved in the community and we're gonna starting i think next week we'll have a guest on we don't have that figured out quite yet but we're hopefully if not, it'll be us too again. We'll, we'll have a topic ready. Uh, so thanks again, and we hope to see you for the next one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>